Hey guys, welcome to our wonderful podcast, Confessions of a Pastor's Kid, a.k.a. PK. Now, we created this podcast so pastor's kids everywhere can share their story and debunk some of the common misconceptions about what it means to be a PK, all the while telling their very real stories in hopes that a PK somewhere will realize that they are not the only ones dealing with their struggles. This is going to be a very interesting journey, and we hope that you can stay with us the whole way there let's get going hi everybody thank you for joining us again for episode 12 and uh, with confessions of a preacher's kid i want to thank everybody for listening um once again for um joining us throughout this journey thus far and right now i can't wait for y'all to hear the story of the person that we got up next but first i'm gonna put it over to my big brother sam dr samuel let's go all right. Thank you, Dorcas. Um, super excited. I always say that, but I always mean it. Uh, this is an amazing time uh, to be here today uh, as we spend some time with uh, someone I just met today. Well, actually, I didn't just meet today. I met okay. my brother's wedding, but that was 65,000 years ago. So <laughs> I, I, have, I have forgotten, but... Um, we get a chance to talk to um, Erica, who is um, who grew up a little bit in a in a pastor's home. Uh, she has a unique story how she came about to be in a pastor's home. So I will have her share her story. But before we start, let's just commit this whole thing into the hands of God. Uh, Lord God Almighty, we are so grateful for who you are. We thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I lift Erica into your throne room today, that Lord, let her speak the words you want her to speak. Let people hear your voice when she speaks. Lord, uh, let her heart be filled with your Holy Spirit. Give her the courage and the boldness to share your truth. Lord, um, let, let her see through your eyes and let her hear through your ears, Lord. Um, I lift Dorcas and I and uh, the entire crew behind the scenes into your hands. Father, we pray that you continue to guide us with your grace and mercy as we share uh, with this word what life is like for uh, for people like us, Lord. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, there isn't a lot of intro uh, here, but um, I kind of want to start off real quick, Miss Erica, um, to kind of share a little bit about yourself and who you are and um, how you ended up in the pastor's home. Okay. Hi, my name is Erica. I am 32. Sometimes I forget that. (laughs) I'm married and I have two boys. I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, where um, a whole crew of people taking care of me. And I ended up in my cousin's home, which lives where she lives in Eastern Pennsylvania. And she is a pastor's wife and her husband is a pastor. And that was at like 17 years old. So... Seventeen. So that's 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 interesting. So all right. So so now we're gonna start at seventeen then. Okay. Mm-hmm. Seventeen years old. You, um, some of your formative years have just begun. You're still kind of learning your own identity. Yes. And then boom, you, you just got this new identity. You're mm-hmm. in a pastor's home now. Walk us through how how that materialized and how how you felt during those times? So I went to go visit for 
my cousin's birthday party and she asked me, hey, if I wanted to come live with her. And I kind of seen already, got a little glimpse of their life. And I was like, live with you? Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I'm just going to go back home to my dad. Because, <laughs> like, you know, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. And she had a very structured home. They lived, mm-hmm. you know, by the book. And I'm like, uh, <clears throat> hmm. Ain't well. for me. <laughs> <laughs> then it just seemed like that's exactly where God needed me to be because soon as I got back to my dad's house everything started going wrong like mm. things with school things with my stepmom my dad started getting sick like friends started breaking off and I'm calling my cousin like so is that offer still staying can I still come and live with you and she's like yes yes so um I get there and you know I had to drop a lot of old habits I had you know smoking weed and and cigarettes and just hanging out and stuff and I had to get right quick like Mm. it was was Mm. so different but also it felt so freeing like it was it was a very free and peaceful feeling like I could really be me and that's how I felt when I got there other than it being different and being on the front row and being the first you know thing people see when you go to church that was a lot for me I was like this is too can I go sit in the back (laughs) I have to sit up oh god oh you're going to introduce us oh we have to oh no I can't do this (laughs) to get used to and it took a very long time probably like a few years to honestly get used to the lifestyle Mm. wow wow that's that's amazing. Thank you. Do you have any questions, Dorcas? Well, I really like the fact that you said um, you could be yourself. Like it was freeing, which means that the old habits in which you were carrying were not really um, were not really you. And also the fact that, you know, as you were talking, you were saying that you didn't want to be kind of noticed right. you know it's so crazy because the preacher's kids are actually born into it we don't want to be noticed but we know it's something that you know yeah, yeah we, there's no choice you right. know so I just <laughs> wanted to ask you what kind of pressure because at 17 you're at your cousin's house what kind of pre- did you face any pressure number one and if so what kind of pressure did you face now that you're growing out um, growing up in a pastor's home <clears throat> I think learning how to, uh, not in the eyes of like, you know, my cousin and, and her and her husband who are pastors, but in the eyes of other people, like to be perfect. Like mm. you know, it was almost as if like everybody's eye was on me and they already knew where I came from. So like, like don't mess up because people are going to talk about you. So you have to do it this way and you have to make sure you, so, you know, hearing a lot of stories going in at the pressure to be perfect and make sure I didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, I sat just right. And, you know, I gave the right stories, but that was probably one of my only biggest pressures. Wow. What's so crazy is almost everybody, I think I want to say everybody that we've brought on has said basically the same thing that you have said that the pressure didn't really come from the household in which they were growing it came from the outside yeah. but what's like especially in my house my mom always said not to really think about you know the outside what they think like as long as you're pleasing God you know we're pleasing them but it's why do you think it's so hard for us to pay attention to the outside voices and not necessarily the voices inside like in your opinion 
I think I guess for me, I just was worried about what people would say. Like, uh, she's a part of this in their eyes, this perfect family. Like they're 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 pastors, and you know they walk with God and they follow this. But oh, she's not. Like she doesn't do it that way. So how did she end up? And she mm-hmm. came from this. And how could she? Like I guess that was my thought process. Are people feeling sorry for me? I I, I really dislike that. I hate when people like oh baby, you you had a hard child. Like just back up my faces. I can't. No no. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sam, you got anything? Well, I was going to say, did you ever feel like, and kind of going off what you were saying, this is this family that seemed like established, right? I don't know how Mm -hmm. many kids, I don't know how many kids they had before, but they seemed to be, this is a pastor, his wife and his kids. And then you take this. An additional person. Added to here. And that has its own connotation from the outside looking in. Yeah. But more internally, you, did you ever have that imposter syndrome where you felt like, I don't belong here? Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever went through that way you felt an outsider? No. Ooh. From the moment I walked in the house, I felt apart. Hmm. I don't think any time... During my stay, I felt like, oh my God, I shouldn't be here. Don't, they don't, you know, I've never felt that way. I've always felt straight connected. And it could be because we're already family, but, you know, I didn't have as close of a connection with this part of my family. We weren't like close, calling each other every day, this and that third. So it was hard, but like, not for a second, I never felt like. Yeah. Yeah. In, in all honesty, like a first uh, person, like when I first met you, mm-hmm. I would not have known because like how I am with my brothers, that's how you were with everybody. And I was like, <laughs> so when you told me, I was like, oh, really? Y'all looked alike. Y'all like behave the same way. So I was like, yeah. oh. so when you told me, I was like, hmm, shocker. But yeah. it doesn't, it didn't matter, you know, because number one, your family and you know, I was like, a preacher's kid is a preacher's kid. When we see each other, there's right. always like an instant connection. So, like, you mentioned something as you were talking, right? I started to think, like, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter how old you are. Whenever you go to a preacher's home, mm-hmm. there's an expectation already set on you yeah. by the outside world. And in all honesty, I don't get it. I'm like, we're human beings just that are calling Missed right. us, you know, the callers on our parents, our cousins, our sisters, our brothers, not us. So, like, I don't, in all honesty, I personally, I'm almost 30 and I still don't understand why there's pressure, yeah. you know, on us and everything. And I um, thought it was unfair for people to have that expectation for me because I was like, <clears throat> Well, I didn't like I didn't I wasn't born into this. Like I just got here. I don't know like all the things to do, mm-hmm. you know. So I felt like the expectation that people had on me was just unfair. I'm like, don't like it's not, I, I don't know this life yet. <laughs> yeah. So did you did the people in the church like shine a light on your past? Like do or did you feel like did they talk about it? Or were they just watching you to see what did I know? Oh, yeah. Well, she said they did know. Some people did know. Uh, A lot of closer people did know. Um, 
And I feel like there was other people, like you said, Berkus, who were just watching, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She's making a church face. <laughs> The church, the church, the church lady's face. You know, yeah, the that, church lady face. They they're looking at you like, mm, okay. <laughs> wow. So Erica. When I entered the church, everybody was very welcoming. Well, okay. that's good. That's good. Now that's one thing that you know. Before I go to my next question, that's one thing that I felt. You know, even in our own church, the House of Faith, for the most part. Our church members is super welcoming. Uh, there are so many times that we have felt blessed mm-hmm. by them, right? I mean, they've been they've been amazing. So it's always the little the 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 the, the ones, you know, the the, the the little bit of them <laughs> that can be troublesome. But for the most part, I think church our church and i can only speak for our church members in house of faith they've been they've been phenomenal so so eric i want you to kind of you know i said we started when 17 but let's go a little bit before 17 and kind of walk me through what your faith journey was like before you Mm -hmm. move into the pastor's home oh that was a good question it is a good question so uh i'm sorry i'm I'm gonna go to the beginning but i'm gonna make it yeah go to the beginning (laughs) We got time. <laughs> we got time. <laughs> um, so I, I never lived with my mother and father. So I lived with my mother's sister, who was probably the only Christian in the family. Mm. So I think that was a strong foundation because she introduced me to Christ. And I was young. I was like three. But I knew like, hey. Mm-hmm. When you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. If you go to God, talk to him. But then I moved with my grandmother, who didn't really... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what her beliefs were, but I know we didn't pray and, you know, read the Bible or go to church. Then I moved with my father and his uh, wife and they didn't do any of that. So all I knew was, hey, if if something's bothering you, talk to God. So just at night, I would talk to God and my mother, uh, I'm sorry, my father and my stepmom went to church, but the church was kind of like, Ugh. Yeah, we get it. Okay. <laughs> I always knew like, okay, God, like, I love this. I love this. I know that I could talk to you. I know that I could pray, but I didn't know like in depth, like what. Mm-hmm. what like the relationship, basically. Right. I didn't know like a relationship. I just knew like, hey, you can just talk to him and that's it. Okay. So that's really great. So now having that in mind, I'll almost the before and after, right? So now walk us through, 17, moved in. All you know is when I need something, I go to God. Yeah. And that's that's mostly to the extent yeah. of your relationship with him. And I don't know when you, when you actually physically asked him into your life, actually made that declaration. Because one of the things I have learned in my journey here in America, is a lot of people say I'm I'm a Christian, and then when you prod them a little bit, when did you become a Christian? Well, I grew up in a Christian home. Mm-mm. That's great. <laughs> That's not when it. Become, when you become a Christian, well, my parents were Christians. Well, tell me some more. What about Jesus? Yeah. How about you? When did you make this your personal relationship? So um, um, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. When did you decide? You know what? This is. I want Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior and how that journey was like. Um, well, I had a lot of 
uh, encouragement and watching other people and how their lives were and their worship and their their particular relationship, like some friends that I had made, their particular relationship with that was beautiful. And I love that. And I was like, you know, I really want that. And I just remember sitting, I don't know exactly when, but it was not too long after I got there. And I remember sitting in the pew with who is now my sister-in-law, Victoria. And she was sitting next to me and uh, it was definitely a Sunday. And I, all I could think about was, you know, the relationship that I've that I have with my mother and the relationship that I have with my father and uh, all that they've been through and, you know, on my mother's side and all that they've been through have to handle. And I was like, God, I just, I just, I want you, but like, mm-hmm. I don't have to endure that. Like, I just want you, I want you to lead me in the direction that I need to go. Like if I steer wrong, like I want you to steer me back. So please, like, and that's the day that I believe, you know, I was like, you know, I, I want you, I want to give my life to mm. you. I want you to be in my life. I want to make this a relationship. Mm. Oh, that that's was so beautiful. That's awesome. Wow. Now, last question on that. And it's like, I'm going to prod you a little bit. So now, <laughs> so now talk to me about you, you got that. You come in, you have this relationship. <coughs> now you, you see this family, this pastor's wife, kid. Mm-hmm. And you see their relationship with God and their faith. Um, what, what are your thoughts on your own faith journey as compared to their faith journey? And how? what were the similarities and what were the differences? If there were any, sir. Yeah, I don't know if there was much, much differences. I know um, watching their faith journey it was it was very strong and I knew mm-hmm. that was something that I wanted as well. I didn't want my to be shaky or misunderstood by anybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I think there's a strong and I, I think I follow that lead of like you know, that's what I want. And I make it my own, you know, I, I get into my prayer closet and I have my talks with Jesus and I pray and I read my Bible. And those were the examples that they gave me. So I follow mm. those and then just kind of make that my own. That's awesome. Thank yeah. you. Well, now that we talked about your childhood and your upbringing, although, you know, it's a, it's a great testimony that, you know, when somebody that's listening, they can know that it's no matter where you are, it's never too late, number one. And God can use any circumstances to get you out of any, you know, situation. So I just wanted to ask you, is there anything in your upbringing we can talk about before moving, you know, to your cousin's house and also after that you would change, like if you would change anything or, you know, you leave everything as is, how it turned out? are you asking if there would be anything that I would change? Yeah, your upbringing before or after, like you can pick whichever one you want to do. No, I think I would keep everything the same. Because I feel like um, I learned a lot from before living with her and I learned a lot while living with her. So I think everything in my life happened for a reason, whether it was someone was being an example to me or I was being an example to somebody else and, or it had to happen this way to get here. Like, I feel like everything in my life happened for the exact reason that it happened for. So I don't know that I would change anything. 
I'm loving that because, and I'm, I'm sorry, because I think that everybody's story is their own personal story, especially yeah. when it comes to your story about Christ. Maybe, you know, there's somebody listening who might say that they um, regret doing something yeah. or they regret, which is fine because it's human nature to regret. But sometimes um, maybe, you know, God needed you to wake up. Right. You know, maybe there are times where God needed you to come to a point of submission because a lot of people don't get saved or they don't allow themselves to be loved by God because yeah. of pride, you know, because they feel like, oh, oh, I've done too many. And it's it, it, it it's crazy to me when I hear people say, oh, like I'm too sinful for God to love. And I'm like why do you think that yeah. you know because they're like oh because of this in my past this happened to me this and the third and it's like that's the more reason he either loves you Absolutely. <laughs> so like i love how you um kind of like embrace your story and you um like you're not ashamed of your story no. you know because you know that god had a plan for me yeah, I feel like if we got a little bit more in depth, like with my parents and stuff, that part I get intensely ashamed of just because they're not in my life the way I wanted them to. But yeah, you know, I had to go it through is. reason. <laughs> yeah, you know, I um actually two two things real quick. So as Douglas was talking about people who, you know, God God can't save me. I actually had um. I used to, when I moved to LA the first time and I had this roommate, uh, he was, he was, he was homosexual and, um, he would bring people home mm-hmm. and one of the people he brought home, him and I were having conversation. Now, one thing you need to know about me, I do not argue the Bible. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't argue the Bible. The Bible is not up for debate. I don't care how the smart Bible's you the Bible. you are. Yeah. It is the Bible. <laughs> so this dude is trying to, trying to, you know, engaged me in conversation and he said something. Uh, so tell me, it's almost like a gotcha question. Mm-hmm. You're saying this God will forgive me for anything. I was like, yeah, hey, you do it. He will forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that I can live my life anyhow. And the moment I ask him to come into my life, that will be it. Yeah. But you have to actually believe, mm-hmm. have a genuine belief. So you're saying <laughs> that I can sin all my life and on my deathbed say, I'm so sorry and ask for forgiveness and that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard for people to understand. And this is his response to me. He said, well, then I don't want to serve this God. Wow. I don't want to serve this God who doesn't, who would not punish me. And so I had to explain to him, well, you, you, you get some punishment. You know. <laughs> we'll tap it to you on the butt. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get some punishment. But that's not what this is about. And see, what, what that conversation taught me is also the arrogance of human beings. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Right? That I know better than this God. Because I know right from wrong, and 
I don't think this guy knows right from wrong because he's supposed to punish and kill me. And I'm like, well, he said the widgets of sin is death. So, you know, <laughs> technically you do it. Right. You know, yeah. but if you genuinely come to him and said, this is my past, this is my burden. Right. You know, the Bible talks about there's only one sin in this world that he has said that he will not forgive you. If you grieve the Holy Spirit. If you, grieve the, you, know, you know, if you disrespect the Holy Spirit, not, not really grieving, disrespecting, because we do a lot of things to grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, but if you disrespect the Holy Spirit, if we speak against the Holy Spirit, that's the only silver bullet that he goes, you know, eh. come on. <laughs> can do that right so it, it just it's just really interesting uh for people that that think that way that 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 feels like they are so far gone that god is not gonna listen to them and and like Doka said you have an inspirational journey erica because you had you know, I, I'm glad you say you're not going to change anything because you had every reason to be like, and I'm going to change this and I'm going to change that mm-hmm. and I'm going to do this different. But it's all part of that journey. Mm-hmm. Right. It's all everything that we do, because the Bible said that God works and everything together for good for those who are in him. Right. Everything works together. Everything. That everything, you do, the good, the bad, the ugly. He will make it, you know, it, you know, it reminds me of, um, Judas, we just just celebrated Easter, so uh, a few friends and I were kind of just like laughing and joking and running. And we were like, "Man, can you imagine if Judas hadn't killed himself? Mm. He would have been saved, yeah, and we met him in heaven, oh. and I would have had some conversation with Judah, <laughs> Judas, right? Like Judas, uh, how does what, it you, feel? What, you, what you did there?" Yeah. <laughs> How you feel, bro? You want to share what your thoughts were? <laughs> <laughs> like, what what was your thought process? Like, you know, yeah, you were, the hypotheses and everything. Go through it. Go through it. <laughs> but, but here's the thing from Judas's point of view, right? I if I were Judas, I'd be like, shoot. If I hadn't done what I did, y'all wouldn't be here, <laughs> right? No, nah, no. Nah, I believe that God would chose somebody else to do that, right. but mm-hmm. you know, but, but everything all, happens for a reason. <laughs> Exactly. 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 Everything that's the whole point. happens for a reason, and and God will use anything. Oh yes, for His glory. So uh, one I, of my friends always tells me, um, "There ain't nowhere to go but up from here." Like God can only take you up from here. So, exactly. And that exactly. I always think about that, and I always use that when I come into like any um, thing that yeah. might get me like, "Oh my God!" I'm like, "Oh nope." I can only go up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, in your story too, like um, as Sam was talking, you know, like God uses everything. So like when your cousin came to you and, you know, give you the offer, yeah. you know, you never know what God had told her and you never know if God had pushed her to come to you. Yeah. And then you go back home and then things are just like falling apart. Then yeah. it's like, you know what? And you were smart. You were like, you know, what? I'm, I'm going to go back because some other people would have endured it, you know, but and I think that just shows a lot of our relationship with Christ, where sometimes God would say, I need you to do this. And I think maybe because for your purpose, he needed to remove you yeah. from your environment mm. so that like um we had a guest here mo um it's like 
removing you from one environment, putting putting you into another environment so that he can be able to work on you. Because he knows that if you are in that environment, your state of mind is different. So like, that's why you're the renewing of mind is very big where he has to, you have to change that so that he'd be able to work through you mm-hmm. and on you. And yeah. that brings me to, I got my favorite part. I'm sorry. She's like a praise and worship, uh, like dancer, like at church. Okay, girl. And I see her woman is anointed. You guys, <laughs> woman is anointed. So can you like walk us through like how you came about to, um, basically to that ministry of yours yeah sure so um my aunt would always excuse me my cousin would always take me to the church with her and it was always when Kara, which is the dance ministry was practicing because she was over the ministry mm-hmm. and watching them dance and practice just was like oh my god that's so beautiful i want to do that and i already love to dance like mm-hmm. dancing everything to me So uh, one day I was just watching them practice and I literally just picked up a flag and just joined them. Like, (laughs) so how does that move go? Oh, you want me to twirl? I got it. I got it. (laughs) And boom, I was in the ministry. I didn't ask. I didn't have to sign up. I didn't have to skip, jump and listen, I was, I grabbed the flag and I started dancing and I started flagging. And then I was really like, oh, I really want to dance though. And then I started dancing and favorite, the the best thing I could have ever done. I loved it. Like loved it so much. So what was it? Was it something about um, the mid? So number one, like it wasn't something that you were like pressured to serve in the church. Just that you saw it and you were like in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, move over. I'm coming. What do I need? A skirt? A shirt? Socks? I got it. (laughs) Like we can go to Walmart and get something. I'll be ready tomorrow. <laughs> wow. It, 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 is, it is amazing because as you're talking, I'm sitting there going, when you think of the typical services that PKs do, right? That's the number one thing. <laughs> the one thing is worship, like singing. Yeah, yep. Right? <laughs> yeah, singing. <laughs> the number the, the number two the number two thing is um cleaning up you know tearing mm-hmm. down you know if, if i cannot tell you how many times you gotta tear it down put it back set up. up tear it down and set Believe up me, i know that too <laughs> Carry down and sit up. I was like, come on, everybody. Grab, grab a box, baby. Grab a box. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, we used to, so even before we came to, before we came to America, you know, in Ghana, we, um, we had our own church building, mm-hmm. but it wasn't well secured. So you can't just leave, mm-hmm. can't just Everything. leave things lying around. So you got to pack it up every, every night, you know, pack it up. <laughs> And it, you learn how to, you know, if you don't do it right, it will shock you. You know, the electric, the, the, all the wiring and everything. Yeah. And then we got to New Jersey and, you know, we used to be in a, in a hotel. Mm. And here's one thing that people don't know. You think you show up early to help set up, but you have to show up even early because sometimes you don't even know if the room you want is the room you got. 
exactly <laughs> they'll come they'll be like oh you guys gonna be upstairs today so now we gotta take everything yep. up the stairs <laughs> or <laughs> wrap it up <laughs> but but it's amazing to see you know you did not you were not the prototypical PK mm-hmm. you didn't you know you didn't go down and dancing I mean some churches even ban dance some Christians don't even like dancing yeah. you know what I mean I don't know how but okay you know I, I can tell a few Christians don't do that but you know we're in a podcast here and they might be listening so you know I ain't gonna I ain't gonna say that but you know but you see that you you and and you joint you said no one pressured you you saw something that you like, you feel passionate about, and you're good at, yeah. right? And that's I didn't some... know I was good yet. Oh, <laughs> well, hey. okay. I just jumped in there like, well, just good. jumped in, yeah. <laughs> so, so no pressure. You got in there. Mm-hmm. At once you got in, did you feel? And I, obviously, you got in. You loved it, and you stayed. But do you? feel like once you got in, now this is the church, everybody knows you now, everybody knows you're in a pastor's home, that they may not know that you're a pastor's daughter, they may not see you as the blood of the pastor, but you are his daughter Mm -hmm. for for all intents and purposes. Do you feel like people's thought of you or ideas of you changed over time or do you feel like people began to say oh that's pastor so-and-so's daughter like pastors kids sometimes become untouchable is what i'm saying mm-hmm. did you ever feel like you were untouchable no <clears throat> no no I, I think i didn't allow myself to feel that way even if mm. other people had that thought mm. yeah because it, it, it is it is one of those um it is one of those journeys that I you know I can speak for myself that after a while, you know, I started off. I mean, we started off when our dad was in the senior pastor. So, mm-hmm. And then we moved into an area where he was the head honcho, mm-hmm. right, of the House of Faith, New Jersey church. Mm-hmm. And and that that came with, yeah, the expectation and the pressure, but also came with almost a celebrity status sometimes you know yeah. for better for better or for worse you know so i don't know if you ever experienced any of that celebrity status uh, sometimes that makes me a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. right? especially like it, when we had to do what the pastor anniversary and we had to walk <laughs> down the aisle together and it, it was a nice feeling because it's like oh yay like they're all clapping for us like we're the pastoral family but then you want to hide yeah it's like oh now we're on the spotlight oh they got us on the big camera (laughs) 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 i'm sorry because in you guys she see the smash out of her face because i feel like every preacher's kid has mastered that smile like oh thank you it's called the gracious the gracious smile yeah the gracious smile Oh, thank you so much. But then the one thing you walk away, you're back. Mm. Yes. 
I hear you, man. All right. So one of the one of the questions we asked you was if there's anything in your past that you want to change. And you said no. And I love mm-hmm. that. So now the, kind of the opposite of that is what were some of the moments in your life looking back that you felt, you know, this was a defining moment for me. Mm-hmm. This was like an influential time in my life that I can look back and say that was that was wow. Like either an aha moment or something that kind of turned your life around a little bit that got you on the path. And I want to ask you a little bit about what you do now, because um, if my if my research is correct, you work at a hospital. No, so, <laughs> I used no. to. You used to? Okay. All right. I think, research was um, unfruitful, but that's okay. It's okay. It's, that's been about what, like four years. But 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 let's 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 go to. What are some of the influential moments in your life? I think uh, uh, being in Erie, Pennsylvania with my father and getting baptized. And actually, right be- right before I hit the water and closed my eyes, I looked up and I see my father. Mm. And I literally, right before I went under, I seen a tear fall from his eye. And I was like... No, I, 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 I have to be right. Like I have to, I have to be better. I have to do better. I have to, my, my life has to go in a different direction because everybody before this, it hasn't gone right. And I, I just don't want to, I just don't want my life to be that. I don't want it to be another statistic of my mom and her. Just, I just don't want that. So ever since then, I think, that's where we would go to church and I would try to take it a little bit more serious. I still didn't understand everything, but I would, you know, try to take it a little bit more serious and then try to get a better understanding of God and everything like that. And then, you know, moving to my aunt only just so inside everything. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. So now talk us a little bit into what you're currently doing in your life. Um, what are what are you involved in? What is a career? are you in now and how did you get there okay so um my husband joined the army and uh, my brother he was in the army that's oh, why he's really? excited yeah <laughs> that's why he got excited <laughs> yeah, he, is, he is with the army and he joined in 2018 so we moved to north carolina um so my life definitely took a shift mm. um i went from you know being a working mom to a stay-at-home mom and just recently got a uh, at-home job. So I just work with like the COVID uh, testing sites and just directing people to get vaccines and stuff like that. Cool. That's awesome. So you're an army wife. I am. I am an army wife. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad in many ways that I was in the army before my before I got married. Right? Hi, Harvey. Um, Sorry. That's all right. He heard his name. His ears I know. Um, I'm glad that I, I I joined and got out of the army before I married because, mm-hmm. dude, ETSN and switching bases is not fun. You know. So, so where we're stationed at, we're on Fort Bragg, and my husband is a, a special operations. So we're Spec actually, ops. 
yeah, this is where we'll stay for our duration of this time. <laughs> yeah. I've been looking forward to moving and checking out different. I was so excited. I was like, yes, we get to move. Yes, we will. I think we get to move here and go to Germany or Asia or Japan. Or, and then we got here and they were like, yeah, you're, you'll just be here. And I was like, oh. The Lord was like, no. Right. <laughs> they like, put where you are. <laughs> wow. Do you do you do you want him to re up? Is this is it a, a career for him or oh, just a... no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no 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 I I just uh... what rank is he? Uh, e four. E four specialist or corporal? Uh, specialist. Specialist. Yeah. Um, I know nothing. Everything you guys are saying is going over my head right now. I'm like, E4, okay. Uh, what, what, okay, okay. Well, there's, there's... When we started, I'm like, what the heck? Is... Uh, I, I can't feel this paper. I don't know what it yeah. is. There is, there is, there is, there is private, which everybody knows, mm-hmm. which is the, uh, the little V. And then there is, there is private E2. And then there is private first class. Which is E3. So you riding with Dubai people, okay. And then there is um and then there is uh, E4. And there's two E4s. There's a specialist, and then there's a corporal. Right. A corporal is called junior NCO, a junior non-commissioned officer. I know that's all news to you. Everything got two names. <laughs> oh, no. But I was I was in E4 too. Uh, I got out when I was in E4 specialist. So, uh, but it's 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 really cool, you know. I live in San Diego, which is Navy Central. Oh, nice. So I don't get to see many Army people around here. Yeah. So freaking Navy people. <laughs> so how are your kids with? I love the Navy. Oh, uh, you <laughs> got to put that out there. Right. I have a nibble base right there looking at me. So. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Oh, hi. I can hear them. How are you, boys? Good. Everybody's good. Oh, oh that's adorable. Hi. Judah's probably like, what's going on? <laughs> that's okay, what was your question? <laughs> well, actually, let me let me see what other questions I have here, because I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. And go back to baptism. So your dad was was your dad there or was it a vision? Oh, my dad was there. Okay. Yes, my dad was there. Uh, that was the first time that I got baptized, and then I got baptized again with a better understanding and a better relationship with Christ. And yeah, mm. have you have you have you been able to have a conversation with your dad um, about life, about your your Christian journey, about? Uh, he passed away uh, a couple of years ago, but prior to him passing, I did, yes. Mm. How was that conversation? I would, if, I would if, call and I would pray with him and I would tell him, you know, how how this, how, how you know, my life was different from what I came from, you know, mm-hmm. with him, you know, not not trying to like make it a thing but like you know it's different it's more freeing it's this god is great you know um he's opening up so many doors my relationship with him feels good and you know and um i never got a chance to actually ask him about like being saved or anything like that but my cousin who is his niece uh did and she was able to um 
walk through the salvation with him on his deathbed. Oh, that's that's that good. amazing. So that's we know where he at. Thank the Lord. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's really really good. Um, so here's here's another thing I wanted to ask you, and I'm glad you brought your kid on the screen and you talked about, you know, re, you know, you started out. I don't know if you started out with your aunt, your mom's. She, I'm sorry, she's my cousin, but everybody calls her Aunt Chrissy. So sometimes I just mix yeah. Them. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on this Bible verse? Raise up a child the way they should go. And kind of take that verse and I kind of apply it to your upbringing. And what are your thoughts and feelings about that? Oh, man. I feel like if the Lord gives you, <clears throat> I feel like sometimes when you ask the Lord about your children's purposes, like he'll give you that vision and you can start to bring them up in that direction that the Lord wants them to go or the vision. Excuse me for my background. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, made me lose my train of thought. Okay, so we're bringing them up in the vision that the Lord gave to you for them. That's what I was trying to say. So, yes. That's good. That's good. Um, as, um, as, as a parent, this might, this might be a little hard and you don't have to answer it, but looking back in your upbringing and now that you're a parent what are some of the things that you you think you will you would do differently for your own kids introduce them to jesus <laughs> <That's number one>. <laughs> yeah for <laughs> one because i feel like my life without god excuse me it was a lot harder. I had no understanding of anything. And, you know, nobody else except for, you know, one of my aunts in my earlier years, I mean, Jesus, but they didn't know how to direct me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if they do know God at early age, you know, they are able to depend on him for everything that they need. And if they have a relationship with him, they can keep him close and they'll know what direction to take. I had no idea what direction to take. Mm-hmm. I was like just out there like, and to this day, I'm still learning okay, this is you, Erica. This is how you're supposed to be. This is how God chose you. This is what your purpose is. But I want them to know that early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when it comes to that, um, I, like, the Bible for us, train up a child the way that he should go and when it grows, when when he is old, uh, he will not depart from it. The thing is, um, especially like a preacher's home, there are some preacher's houses where they train their child with military like um you know, like upbringing when it comes to the bible you mean right? like army style <laughs> yeah so it's like of course don't do this don't do that and all that stuff like you know but it's more so like they don't lead their children to christ you know and i love how you said it you know you will introduce you know them to Christ early because when they give their life to Christ, then you let Jesus do the rest. You know, my parents trust and believe they relied on the Holy Spirit and on Jesus, especially when we went away, when they knew, okay, we've trained them. They know right from wrong. They know what the Bible says, but then they'll also pray. Like sometimes I'm I'm sure the Holy Spirit has snitched on us a couple, you know, You know, and I think that works in a, you know, because both of you, you know, my big brother and 
you, your parents. And I feel like that works for the benefits of Christian parents because it's like, we've trained you in the Lord. We have a relationship with the Lord. Right, that means he talks to me. Yeah, about you because he has entrusted you to me. My my cousin would literally come into my room and sit on the bed like... Now, baby, I had a dream. And I'm like, oh, man, here we go. And she would literally tell me everything I did. Now, this is how my dream went. I'm like, I did it. I'm sorry. Jesus, why? I thought we were cool. What's so crazy is like in college, let's say me and my friends are thinking about going out and then I'll get a phone call. Like a random phone call from my mom at like 11 o'clock, 1130, midnight. She'd be like, how's everything? I'm like, everything is good. So what's going on? Oh, I'm just here, you know, watching a movie. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Make sure, remember, you're a Christian. Remember, Jesus is going to come back soon. Then I'm like, oh, well, you can't go out now. <laughs> first on the bed. Who the hell? Whatever. I can't go, guys. And I'm like, I'm like, guys, something came up. I can't come. <laughs> Wow. Just I convicted. I can't go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't wait for you guys to start going through that. You guys will do the same thing to your kids. Trust yeah. me. There is, you know, that that Bible verse is, is, is extremely important to me. I was talking to someone and they gave me their interpretation of what they 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 how God has told them about that. And I'm not saying they're wrong, but it, it was very different from the way. I think they talk about it. Well, that Bible verse really meant that as a parent, I'm supposed to have the kid take the lead and encourage the kid what you're good at. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe that's what God is telling you, but, you know. To do with your kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, ain't, I ain't doing that with my kid. I'm not going to encourage you what you want to do. At that young, at that young age. You yeah, know. because the Bible also says the foolishness is like bound to the heart of a child. So yeah. you know, a kid is going to do foolish things. So you gotta yeah. train I, that I, out. I actually have a story of um, my wife and I are watching this TV show. It's called The Unicorn. It's hilarious. I love that show. It's it's very right type of comedy but mm-hmm. this is one episode uh the unicorn the father he's a, he's a widower and he has two teenage girls and he gave the garage to the older teenage girl and said that's this is your domain i'm gonna give you the garage you do whatever you want in there no questions asked <laughs> and one day he walked in as a boy in there watching a tv show or something and he got angry, and the girl goes, "Dad, you told me this is my domain, and no questions asked." I- <laughs> no, the look I on your face, my hand is about to. <laughs> and, and the moment, the moment that scene happened, my wife and I both looked at each other. We both started laughing like crazy. What <laughs> your mind? Listen. You have you have to train because when they get older. And to go out on their own, they'll be able to withstand what's coming. Because the thing is, in life, there's going to be ups and downs. There are going to be people who are not genuine. So you, you need a spirit of discernment, yeah. you know, to be able to see all these people out. If you're allowing your kid at a very young age to do whatever they want, oh, okay. to 
you know, when they grow old. And that's when some parents have a hard time reining their kids in when the kid is 22. And then my, my, like my mom used to watch um, Dr. Phil. I, I don't know if we can say that, but Jude, you know, you can edit it out if we can't. That's all right. We can say Dr. Phil. Yeah. If you we don't make your money of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we watch Dr. Phil, like, and some of the parents will come on and say, and the kid is like 13, 14, 12, cursing them out, doing crazy. Out of hand, and, well. And they go, I, I don't know how they turned out like this. Yes, you do. There are times where Dr. Phil would turn to look at the parent like, you don't know how. Hmm, let's go through the list. At five, he did this. At seven, he did this. Let him jump off the table and you ain't say nothing. Exactly. And it's like, that's why the Bible... I feel like everything which you want, you want to learn about, it's in the Bible. Yeah. Parenting, is, it's huge in the Bible. Even the way in which God is with us, that's even examples of how to parent your child. Yeah. You know, you love them unconditionally, but that don't mean I'm going to spare the rod. Right. <laughs> so, but like, because the, the Lord, my mom always said, God is your father. You know, so that, ma- that makes that makes mom my sister. Oh my gosh, Sam! Oh, fun fact: I used to I like I say this about my parents all the time. I'm like, when we get to heaven, how am I gonna call you guys? You know, hey, like hey, sister, sister Rosemary, brother. Hey. brother. <laughs> I was like, if, if, if titles don't matter when we get to heaven, like. How we addressing each other? Because <laughs> the only person we call a master, you know, and daddy is Jesus. So right. what are we talking about here? But um, but like it's that's like that's what I'm saying. Like she always said that God is your father, so he's watching you to see how you are in certain areas. Yeah. How are you going to um like so that you like kind of like advance, you know, he's training you. So it's the same way with parenting. So when I see, I'm not gonna lie, you see me teacher for four years in daycare. When I see some kids and how their parents raised them, and I'm like, whew. sometimes I'm waiting for the parent to leave. I'm like, just, <laughs> correct them. just I go. Down. I ain't your mama. <laughs> exactly. And like, just go. And then when the parent leaves, I'm like, look at me. We're not crying today. Stop crying. I'm like, go play they go play and I'm like but I equate that the reason I was like that I'm like okay how would Jesus how would my parents stuff like that so when um when I see a lot of (laughs) I'm not a parent yet but I've seen good parenting and I've seen good biblical parenting so you know like you saying that you would introduce your kids to Christ early I'm like Bravo, because a lot of parents wait for the kids to choose whether or not they want to follow Christ. And it's like, yeah, if you don't train them, they're not going to know who he is. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you're not giving that example in the home already, they're definitely not going to know. Exactly. You know, you're walking around saying you're Christian and you follow God. It's like, but you don't give that. It doesn't have to be all high and mighty example, but, you know, give some example that, you know. Don't gossip. (laughs) I don't know if this is for somebody, you know, (laughs) just saying. Don't care. Don't have to talk about me. I'm right here. (laughs) All right. I can't. You know, um, it, we, we can go on and on and on and, and talk. Um, but, you know, I will ask you this last question. And, and it's 
there is there is a lot of PKs or people that grew up in a pastor's home that are listening to this and and just really just anybody, any young Christian homies out there. I, I said homies. Oh um, my goodness. You just showed your age, bro. <laughs> trying to be cool with the young ones. <laughs> nah, you you good. Um, so what advice do you have will you give to someone who might be in your position? Um, especially they didn't the word born into a pastor's home and they find themselves in that situation. What what advice will you give them? Um, so I was thinking about this question earlier, and although I was not born into uh, being a PK, uh, the expectations from people is something that I didn't really struggle with, but it was there. It was mm-hmm. there to know that people look at you and go, you know, you have to give you have to give us this particular image like we want to see you be perfect and do good and not mess up Mm -hmm. like yeah facade and and don't be afraid to make mistakes like you're gonna make mistakes in life like just because you're a pk doesn't mean you're not gonna make mistakes and you you have to go about life trying to be this perfect person and being in the spotlight like the lord will lead you through those mistakes and you will learn from them so Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Miss Erica or Thank Mrs. You, Erica. Right. Uh, really appreciate it. Really nice. No problem. Really appreciate you. So we always end with not a sermon, but, you know, a short Bible verse to kind of encourage people. Dorcas is shaking her head because she knows I'm about to preach. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not. But uh, today, today I want to end... Um, with the Bible verse in Proverbs 22, verse 6. And you guessed it. Mm-hmm. It says, raise up a child the way they should go. And when they grow up, they will not depart from it. One of, one of, uh, one of the best advice I ever got in seminary wasn't anything about seminary. It was actually one of my professors just talking. And he said, as a parent, what do you want from your child? Do you want your child to call you every single minute? They need, they're making a decision because they can't make a decision on their own. Or do you want your child out there making decisions on their own based on the way that you raised them mm-hmm. to be? You know, so that's my question to parents right there. If if this Bible verse is hard for you, and if you don't know how, if if you're struggling with parenting, ask yourself the question: When my kid is not with me, are they making good decisions? Mm-hmm. Right? And if they're making good decisions, if you trust that they're making good decisions, then you have done the right thing in God's eyes, right? But if you have any trepidations in your heart that I don't think my kid can make that decision and maybe take this Bible verse to heart and say, raise that kid up. Now, this is not a, this is not a judgment on any parenting style because we all have different kids and we all parent differently. But what God is telling us today is, and we heard from the story of Erica, right? That, that I honestly believe in my heart that at three years old, that, beginning of that journey for you 
it's really that gave you that presence of mind when you went back home and you heard and you saw things falling apart. Get back on that phone and calling your cousin and say, yo, is that offer still stand? Because you realize right away that something needed to be done. And I do believe that you may not have been shown, but since you got into that house at 17 years old, the fruits of that started very young. That three-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. young girl, and I believe that you did not depart from it. I'm looking at you now Mm -hmm. and talking to you now. I am so happy and excited for the woman that you've grown up to be. Um, the amazing job you're doing raising those those uh, kids. Um, your husband, I'm sure, is very proud of you. You know, being an army wife ain't easy. <laughs> you know, it ain't easy. Uh, I wasn't married, but I'm pretty sure I talked to my friends who were married when I was in it, and it was not easy for them. So um, I want to say first, thank you for taking a, taking an opportunity to come and, and share with us about your life. And thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being a strong woman of God. And keep dancing, girl. Keep dancing and keep showing the world that you can worship God through dancing. That's something that sometimes we miss, especially in a... In a in an African church because we don't have designated dancers. Yeah. That's because we all dance, but sometimes you got <laughs> you got to sit and watch someone dance in the in a in a what is a what is a, what is that dance called? Interpretive dancing. Yes. Right. You know what interpretive dancing is? When you twirl around and okay, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> what Ian does? No, Ian does not do that. Um, but so thankful for you. And also with that, with all of our listeners out there, I want to end every, this, like, like I ended every time. If you have, if you listen to this conversation and you're listening to us talk and laugh and have fun and you yearn for this relationship with God, uh, you know, deep down, you don't have this relationship with God. I want you to know that Jesus is ready. Revelation 3.20 said, I stand at that door and I knock and he's ready for you to open that door. And I want to say a short prayer with you um, and just say after me, right? And, 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 and invite Jesus into your life. He said, dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner and I ask for forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I repent and I ask you to come into my life. Thank you for being my Lord and Savior. Help me trust you and believe in you from now to the end of my days. Thank you in Jesus name. Now, if you pray that prayer, I want to tell you right now, it's a lot easier for me to say you're a Christian. Yeah, everything is done. (coughs) But that's not how Christianity works. Right. This is a lifelong journey. This is a lifestyle Mm -hmm. change. And there's a lot of things that need to change in your life for you to absolutely see the fullness of God in your life. So the first thing I will encourage you is find a find a Bible believing church. Find a community of believers that can speak into your life, that can pray with you. We call that a church. We call that a congregation. So if you ever 
um, you know, find some, something in your neighborhood. If you live in a New Jersey area and you live in a New Brunswick area, there is a church called House of Faith Ministries. This is not an advertisement for the church. I want to make that very clear. You can go to any other Bible-believing church. But if you want to visit House of Faith, it's 900 Edwin Street in in North Brunswick. Um, every Sunday morning, they have church service, uh, COVID, COVID style. So it's, you know, it's distance. If you feel like you want to do worship through YouTube, we can, you can get them on youtube.com slash H-O-F-M-N-J. If you ever find yourself in San Diego, which I am, sunny San Diego, um, you can come visit us at our church, All People's Church. It's in a great church. I'm a member of that church, and I am very proud of that church. It's a multicultural church, and we believe in every tribe, nation, and tongue coming together and worshiping God. You can find us on 5555 University Avenue. I uh, would be more than happy to, to worship with you. Now, with all that being said, we thank you and we love you. Uh, you can follow us. Yes, Dorcas. You have Her church. Her church. Yes, that's right. If someone found themselves in North Carolina, where would they find you? So, I actually still attend Shiloh online. Okay. <laughs> All right. And where's Shiloh at? Uh, Shiloh is in Eastern Pennsylvania. Okay. Cool. So if you ever, uh, if you ever looking for a church and you're in the Pennsylvania area, definitely look up Shiloh. Um, it's a it's a wonderful Bible believing, and I keep saying the word Bible believing because let's be honest, some churches don't believe in the whole Bible, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Find a church that believes in every letter of the word, and you will find a good place. But we love you, and we appreciate you. And uh, Dorcas wants to say something? Oh, no. I just want to say love, peace, and chicken grease. Uh, love, peace, and chicken grease. Thank you. And we're out. All right, guys. That's going to do it for episode number 12. A huge shout out to my big sister, Erica, for coming through. There is no denying that she's lived an incredible life. And we cannot wait to have her on again. Now. There's only one more episode left for this season, and I promise you, it is going to be a huge one. So make sure you keep an eye out for that one. You do not want to miss it. Thank you all so much for listening, and please like and subscribe to this podcast, and also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Confessions of PK, and on Facebook at Confessions of a PK. As always, guys, we really love you, and we can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Peace.